Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, thy well-beloved spouse, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Render, therefore, to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. This is probably one of the best-known quotes from the New Testament. And today we must ask, what are the things of Caesar? What are the things of God? And by reflecting on those words, we, we will come to a better understanding of the relation between church and state. In many societies in ancient times, altar and throne were united in one person. The king, the pharaoh in Egypt, the emperor in Rome. Jesus put an end to that by making a distinction between the rights of the state, things of Caesar, and the rights of God. They exist and operate on different levels of reality. They're not opposed to one another. They are supposed to be complementary, kind of like husband and wife, male and female. The state deals with temporal things and the public order in this life on earth. It is not the ultimate reality, but the state and the things of this world are subject to the law of God. And since man's final is to be united with God, and share eternal life in the kingdom. This end is above and beyond the state. And where there is a conflict between the two, we must obey God rather than men. In fact, St. Peter says this in the Acts of the Apostles when they're told to stop preaching about Jesus Christ. <clears throat> today's gospel, we see Jesus' enemies were trying to trick him into saying something that would damage him and trap him. And Jesus knew they were hypocrites. Uh, the Pharisees, well, they hated Rome and Roman rule and were actually opposed to paying the taxes to Caesar. The Herodians were uh, fellow travelers who favor the tax, actually, but the two groups agreed in their hatred for Jesus, so they were both trying to trap him. So their question to Jesus about paying the tax to Caesar, um, being not really genuine, um, was supposed to present to Jesus an inescapable dilemma, okay? Because uh, if he said no, they would denounce him to the Roman authorities, and he says yes, this would anger the people that opposed Rome. But Jesus is God, and far wiser than these little minds of men. He says, Get me a Roman coin, and they hand it to him, and he asks, Whose inscription is on the coin? They say, Caesar's. Then he says those famous words, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, to God the things that are God's. And with this brilliant insight and distinction, Jesus puts an end to the idea that the state is the highest expression of both political and religious authority. And 
and on our left hand, we can see the tendency of the state to assume more and more power over its citizens. We saw this with communism in the past, fascism, and with our own totalitarian state, we'd say, with what's been happening in the past few years, you know, forcing, the state forcing its immorality on people, good citizens. Well, since man owes his whole existence to God, the creator, and not to the state, he owes limited obedience to the state, but adoration and worship to God. And this takes place now in the church with the sacraments established by Christ for all mankind. Now, Jesus Christ desires that every person on earth worship God by the true worship that he instituted, the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And actually, and this is part of the Catholic teaching, it's in our modern, the new catechism, that the state should support the true church and true worship, the Catholic Church. That is Catholic teaching. Practically, that can't be done in places like the United States where you have a majority of Protestants and in other countries, but where there's a majority of Catholics, this, this should be the goal. Many Catholics don't realize this. And, well, <clears throat> the state is a natural society, like the family. It's willed by God, it possesses authority from God, and we see this in Jesus' words to Pontius Pilate. He says, you have no authority unless we're given to you from above, and therefore we must be loyal to the state. Patriotism is a good, a good virtue. Pay our taxes, just taxes, I'll add. But when the state commands something contrary to God's law, then we are morally bound to resist, even to the point of death and martyrdom. And this has happened many times in the past. You can think of the Roman martyrs who refused to sacrifice to idols or to Caesar, Thomas More refusing to go along, along with John Fisher, with King Henry who wanted to make himself king and head of the church. And contemporary examples of this, we think of in China, forced abortions, forced sterilizations in India, Peru, other nations, and state-mandated mercy killing elderly handicapped, which is happening here, especially in Holland. Elder, elderly are afraid to go to the hospital in Holland that they may be put to death. And <clears throat> see, God's rights over us and his objective moral order take precedence over the laws of the state, which should always be in conformity with God's law, but which often are not, unfortunately. In God's plan, the church and its teaching are to be alike to God for the state in formulating laws and policies. And <clears throat> we can see new technologies appear, like in vitro fertilization. Well, the church is a guide here. Oh, this is, this is immoral. We're separating the unitive and procreative aspects of the marital act. This is immoral, but the state doesn't listen to the church and its guidelines. Um, you know, this Sunday at St. Therese, here. I preached the same homily I preached last week about voting and our responsibilities. And one of the parishioners after Mass last night uh, complained that I was violating uh, the 
the principle of separation of church and state, and I just smiled at him and I said, that is a heresy from a Catholic standpoint. Okay. Unfortunately, most Catholics don't realize this, that uh, as Catholics, we cannot go along with the Jeffersonian idea of a wall of separation between church and state. No, we, we, we don't agree with that. And <clears throat> I'll just uh, quote to you the words of Pope Leo XIII uh, in an encyclical a little more than 100 years ago, because this was in the wake of this idea of separation of church and state, which is Masonically uh, promoted by Freemasons and others against the Catholic Church. <clears throat> Pope Leo XIII teaches in his encyclical Libertas, which is on, on the nature of human liberty, true human liberty. Some people think that in public affairs, the commands of God may be entirely disregarded in the framing of laws. Hence follows the fatal theory of the need of separation between church and state. But the absurdity of such a position is manifest. Since God is the source of all goodness and justice, it is absolutely ridiculous that the state should pay no attention to make sure laws conform to Christian morality. That's the Pope speaking. Would that Catholics know this? Um, many Catholics are ignorant of this. If you'd like to get a better understanding of this, I am teaching a course on the Church's social teaching, which will include the relation of church and state this coming Tuesday and the following Tuesday at St. Teresa Church, 7 p.m. I invite you to join me and we'll explore the Church's social doctrine, which is beautiful, but which is say one of the best kept secrets among Catholics who are ignorant of the fact that uh, we can't believe in the separation of church and state as understood in these United States. That's the, another heresy of Americanism, by the way, which Pope Leo XIII condemned over 100 years ago. Well, <clears throat> yes, the state is a natural society willed by God, but so is the family, and the family comes first. The state is the result of many families getting together for mutual benefit and protection. And God established his church as the universal means of salvation. Whether people know it or not, it is. That's the objective truth, objective reality. The church is a supernatural society, which in her purpose and worship, her purpose and worship is independent of the state because the church's primary mission is the salvation of souls. Okay. Now the state should be caring about this too and promoting this, it doesn't. The state exists, pardon me, the church exists to show all men how to worship God and attain eternal life after death. Economics, politics are secondary. They are means to this end of saving one's soul. And the first commandment is to love God above all things. The second is to love one's neighbor as oneself. See, the purpose of the state is to promote the common good, which includes spiritual good of people. And the common good is the aggregate of the good of each individual and uh, of everyone. The purpose of the state is to provide orderly, peaceful, uh, an orderly, peaceful society in which citizens can provide for 
their own material and spiritual needs without hindrance from others. States, as they grow stronger, tend to assume absolute power over their citizens. And as I said, we see it happening more and more in recent years in our own nation. We have a Congress that passes laws that conflict with God's law and different states and the Supreme Court especially, <clears throat> which is imposing uh, horrendous evils on people by judicial fiat, uh, their mere will, abortion, the, the fiat, the, the fiction of same-sex marriage, you can go down the list, but those are two of the more important ones. Well, as our government becomes more and more secular and more hostile to Christianity, Catholics are faced with difficult decisions about cooperating or not cooperating in immoral government policies. For example, mandating contraception, abortion, um, Catholic schools, hospitals going along, going along with uh, immoral medical procedures or teachings, and using our tax money to pay for, for evil things. Catholics should get involved in political process to stop immoral policies and to implement good ones. At least we can cooperate by voting for good candidates who will defend Christian morality and not uh, try to impose immorality on, on the general citizenry. Men and women of good character who have leadership qualities should be urged to run for office. We need good Catholics in these positions, as well as in law, in medicine, in teaching, throughout society. This is how we are living in society. Let us pray that God will raise up by His grace more God-fearing political leaders who will render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.